What's up and welcome to Crossover Wednesdays here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm James Yarko, one of the hosts of Locked On Bucks, joined by Chris Russell, the host of Locked On Redskins. You can find everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com and follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks at jyarko underscore bucks and you can find everything that chris is doing over at warpath magazine and of course on 106.7 the fan uh chris buddy how you doing man are you ready you ready for an exciting game on sunday yeah absolutely (laughs) doing good james Uh, appreciate you doing this and uh uh, looking forward to our conversation over here i mean there's nothing that gets you all up in a lather than the bruce allen reunited bowl uh and uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bruce Allen, of course, the former general manager uh, under John Gruden with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, now the president over here with the Redskins, and he has been for the last nine years, and he may not be for much longer if this uh, season continues to go south. But, yeah, lots of uh, lots of common connections from the past between these two organizations. And, uh, you know, Tampa was always one of my favorite cities and stadiums, uh, Raymond James Stadium, to go visit uh, when I was traveling with the Redskins. So it's always a party atmosphere down there. Uh, hopefully for the Redskins' sake, they do a little less partying and a lot more playing. Certainly they did not do that on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. Well, yeah, and, and let us not forget the last two times that, that these teams, or the last time that these two teams met was the you-like-that comeback yeah. uh, from yes. from Kirk Cousins and that vaunted Lovey Smith defense. Um so yeah, you you spoke about you know the the game against the Atlanta Falcons. Not exactly how a lot of people thought this was going to go. Of course, the Redskins are are in first place in the NFC East. You know, kind of a kind of a strange uh, a strange division when when you head into the season and, and that division has the defending Super Bowl champions and and you think some of these teams are on the upswing and all of a sudden. You know, this division's wide open. Nobody's quite as good as they as everyone thought they were going to be, but the Redskins are exceeding expectations. Adrian Peterson has found a new life. Alex Smith, despite the loss, is coming off of a season-high 306 passing yards. But, you know, what what kind of happened against Atlanta? What what caused them to, to falter so, so bad? Yeah, so, so it's interesting, you know, James. I mean, we around here knew that you, despite a three-game winning streak, it was – I guess tentative at best might be the best way to describe it. Just from the standpoint, the offense really wasn't clicking on all cylinders. They had been able to run the football very well. They had been getting, uh, for the most part, very good offensive line play. And Alex Smith was really struggling in terms of consistency, accuracy, the passing game. They had won three straight games with Alex Smith, their new quarterback passing for under 200 yards in each one of those three games, which is pretty hard to do in today's (laughs) NFL. So, you know, of course, on Sunday against the Falcons, they knew they were going to have to score points. Well, the problem was, is Alex Smith actually played reasonably okay? Probably his best performance in terms of the vertical passing game, but they couldn't run the football at all. Uh, There were three guys, including Smith, who all had more rushing yards than Adrian Peterson, and nobody had more than 22 rushing yards total for the Redskins. They played from behind all day. They're not a team built for that. 
and their defense, which had been a top-five defense all year, which had been so good stopping the run, was absolutely mauled at the point of attack. They gave up 154 uh, rushing yards to a team missing Devontae Freeman. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, you know, just a short passing game and the explosive athletes, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Mohamed Sanu just took it to the house. And, um, you know, I mean, the bottom line is is the defense was exposed the running game was exposed, and what was proven was when the Redskins can't dictate terms and when the Redskins can't lead punch or jab and keep their opponent at a distance, they almost have no shot. Yeah, it's it seems as though uh, you know the Redskins basically go as Adrian Peterson goes this season, and Adrian yep. Peterson had his season low in carries against the Falcons, and you would have thought to try to neutralize an offense that scores as as quickly and as efficiently as Atlanta does on top of their defense being pretty poor, Adrian would have had a lot more work. And it was really surprising to hear that he had so, you know, so little opportunity to really take over this game the way he has throughout this season, you know, to the surprise of many with as much as he struggled last season between new Orleans and Arizona. But of course, the last time Adrian Peterson saw this Buccaneers team, he had a season high in in rushing yards. He, I believe he had two touchdowns in his debut with the Arizona mm-hmm. Cardinals. And you take a look at, at a Buccaneers team now coming off of a, a division loss to the Panthers. They've dropped five of their last six games. They've dropped to one and two in the division, um, and, and they lose by 14, and they just can't seem – to get off on the right foot. You have a second consecutive week of giving up, you know, over, you know, at least 28 points in the first half. You know, it was 28 against Cincinnati. It was, um, it was 35 against Carolina, a franchise record for them for most points scored in the first half. And then the defense comes out in the second half and completely shuts them down, except for one clutch drive that, that the Panthers needed. Fitzpatrick started right. off very poorly uh, he picked it up in in the second half, but you know this is a Buccaneers team that's just absolutely loaded with talent, but they're not a good football team. They they just aren't playing complementary football, and when you're facing a team like the Redskins that can dictate the pace of play with a guy like Adrian Peterson, and you're facing a Buccaneers defense that is without Quan Alexander. They have Levante David there, but then you're, you're filling in with Adarius Taylor and Devontae Bond because Kendall Beckwith is still out. You have a front four that outside of Carl Nassip and Jason Pierre-Paul have been extremely underwhelming. You know, the Redskins can really dictate the pace of play, dictate the time of possession, and really impose their will in a in a setup like this, at the very least in the first half, when this defense seems to just give away points like like they're nothing. Yeah, and and you know, you mentioned some of the issues that the Buccaneers, of course, have had on defense. And, and here's what I would throw back at you is I don't know if this Redskins offense can take advantage of that. Certainly last week, they couldn't take advantage of that because the Atlanta Falcons came in allowing 54% on third down. The Redskins were five of 13. The Atlanta Falcons were giving up, I think, 30 points a game. The Redskins scored 14. And the Redskins and the Falcons were giving up uh, seven and a half yards per play on first down, and the Redskins were okay on first down. 
they, they were just mediocre on first down, quite honestly. So they couldn't take advantage of any of the opportunities presented to them. Now, maybe it was just, you know, the numbers just didn't match up the reality and every game we know is different and, and, and every team and every week is different. And Atlanta had played better against the Giants offense uh, on in their last game on Monday Night Football than had a bye week. You know, maybe it won't be the same this Sunday down in Tampa because, as you mentioned, Tampa has not had the bye week. They've had two uh, rough performances in the first half. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I, I would think Tampa comes up and – you know, kind of fired up again to be back at home and with an opportunity to kind of seize momentum here. And I'm telling you, if you can bury Adrian Peterson and the Redskins running game, it's going to be very hard for Alex Smith and a a receiver group that's already missing Paul Richardson, their top receiver. He's now done for the season. It's going to be very difficult for them to come back. I'll give you a quick note uh, and number here that I think is important to kind of keep in mind, especially for Bucks fans is in the five Redskins wins, Adrian Peterson is averaging 5.01 yards per rushing attempt. And that's over 112 rushing attempts. So, you know, that's more than, what, 22 rushing attempts per game. In the three Redskins losses, James, 24 rushing attempts. That's an average of eight rushing attempts per game. And he's only averaging 1.79 per carry. So, I mean, again, it sounds simple and it sounds elementary. Stop the run or take a big lead, which certainly this Bucks offense is more than capable of doing, and you will beat the Washington Redskins. Yeah, it, it surprised me when I, when I took a look <clears throat> where you have a, a first-place Redskins team facing a last-place Buccaneers team. You know, I, I, again, lost five of their last six. Uh, Greg Allman of The Athletic, who covers the Buccaneers, pointed out an, an incredible statistic that if the Buccaneers had the the Buffalo Bills defense, which is 26th in the NFL in scoring, they're giving up 26.8 points per game, still, you know, still in the bottom 25% of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And they had their the Bucs had their same offense, they'd be seven and one. Instead wow. of three and five, that's how awful <laughs> this Buccaneers defense has been. It is it is yeah. record setting bad. So you take a look at this game where you have a first place team coming to town, yet the Buccaneers are three point favorites, and we have an over under of fifty one and a half. And and Chris, I know your listeners, and I know my listeners, a lot of them are going to try to put some money on the game, and they can do so with our friends over at my bookie because who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business for year for years, have great reviews online and their mobile site is incredibly easy to use. You lay down some cash and you win big today. We would only recommend a service to our listeners that have been good to us. That's why we urge everyone to make their way over to my bookie. You win. They pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy gurus out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join now, and MyBookie is going to match your deposit dollar for dollar. All you have to do is use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. 
Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, when creating your account to claim your dollar-for-dollar bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Chris, what are you expecting to see out of this Buccaneers team? We've already kind of touched on on a, you know, historically bad or on pace to be historically bad defense, but this is still right. an offense where Ryan Fitzpatrick has taken over as the starter. Jameis Winston has struggled mightily. He's turned the ball over 11 times in 13 quarters of play, you know, six touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Then you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Deshaun Jackson only seems to be able to be a factor when Fitzpatrick is in the game. That wasn't necessarily the case in Carolina where Deshaun, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin combined for five receptions, whereas Adam Humphreys was the star of the game, eight receptions, 82 yards, two touchdowns. But you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Deshaun, and now Adam Humphreys is starting to get a rapport with Fitzpatrick. You have the two-headed monster at tight end and O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait. You have uh, Peyton Barber, who who's he's up and down as far as the running back is concerned. So what do you expect to see out of a, a Buccaneers team that can you know almost score at will but can't seem to stop anyone? Well, and, and, and that's basically, you know, kind of some of what you said is, is my biggest fear is the not just one individual player, it's the multitude of weapons that the Redskins are going to be presented with, with shutting down. So I guess I'll, I'll kind of focus on this. I think, you know, the Redskins are going to have to make sure that somehow, some way they get Ryan Fitzpatrick off his mark and off his spot because – and you know this, and you can speak better to this, James. You know, if you allow Ryan Fitzpatrick to just sit back there in the pocket, as most quarterbacks, I mean, he's smart enough, he's talented enough, he's good enough, he's accurate enough to just throw darts all over the field. Now, maybe occasionally he's going to throw one up for grabs, but he'll make so many plays as he did in that comeback last week against the Carolina Panthers, and as he did earlier this year, he'll make enough plays, and you know, I think Tampa attacks the Redskins, maybe not on the ground like Atlanta did. Certainly Atlanta had success with it, so I wouldn't say that Tampa is going to completely abandon it, but I would think Tampa is going to look at the matchup and say, oh, my gosh, Josh Norman's nowhere near the same type player he used to be. Even though he's had a couple of decent games since his benching in New Orleans a couple of weeks ago, and Quentin Dunbar, if he even plays – is banged up and is a former receiver and had to come out early. Now, he was very good when he was playing against Atlanta, but again, he's banged up. He might not even play this game. So I would think they would look at a new safety in Ha-Ha Clinton Dix, um, again, uncertainty at corner, and say we have to throw the football 35, 40-plus times, probably in this game, even dictating via the pass, pass to set up the run, to try and make things easier, like you said, for Barber uh, and the rest of the crew at running back because they have so many weapons. You mentioned two tight ends. The Redskins haven't had tradi- they haven't had problems with tight ends this year. These two tight ends are going to give them problems, especially if O.J. Howard runs the kind of little squib route that he ran inside the five-yard line for the touchdown last week. Uh, that was a crazy little route. There's no way the Redskins, with their miscommunication and their bad communication, quite honestly, all year long in the secondary, there's no way they're going to be able to shut down stuff like that. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of a a pick your poison. And you mentioned Josh Norman, uh, somebody that that Bucks fans are are very familiar with. Again, right? Um, yeah, if if he shadows Mike Evans all day, Mike's numbers are are, are probably going to be held down. You know, of course, they would have to be improved over what he had in in Carolina last week. But now you're looking to Chris Godwin. You're looking more to OJ Howard, to Deshaun, to Adam Humphreys. Right. Uh, Peyton Barber out of the backfield. So it's the Redskins definitely have, have to pick their poison um, because it is such a high octane offense. And, and something you mentioned about Fitz is when you get pressure on him, he's going to take sacks. He's going to be that quarterback that, you know, I'll live to play another down. I'll, I'll eat the yards here and hopefully we can make up for it on the next play. But he's also in his, in his ripe young age, he's willing to take off and run with the ball. And when he's done so this year, he's been very effective. So that's another, another weapon that that Fitzpatrick has that a lot of people don't really think about. You know, you think about Fitzpatrick as being the guy who can, who can give you four touchdowns in a game, but he can give you five interceptions in a game, but he can make plays with his legs for sure. No, that that's a great point. Um, you know, I I really like that because I forgot about that and you're absolutely right. He does have that ability um, when you look at the Redskins, uh, I guess from your perspective, you know, James, like what, 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 what fear do you have? Uh, like their defense, again, it was gassed last week, both against the run and against the pass. I would assume that Tampa is kind of looking at it and say, okay, the first two guys we got to neutralize, uh, well, the first three guys we really got to neutralize are Jonathan Allen. Deron Payne, two first-round picks from Alabama, and also Matt Ioannidis, who's got six-and-a-half sacks. Nobody around the NFL knows how good this is. Uh, this guy is. Now, maybe he's a byproduct of having Payne and, and, again, Jonathan Allen, but is that what you think, like, Dirk Cutter and Todd Munkin are kind of like, oh, man, we've got to control those guys and, ha- and, and kind of, you know, stay away from putting ourselves in, in that kind of danger? One of the things that, that... – I've noticed throughout the the cutter regime and, and even it even goes back to the Lovey Smith regime and and I know I'm not the only one that's noticed it it's it's been talked about quite a bit amongst the the buccaneer circles this team has a lot of trouble against 3-4 defenses mm-hmm. they can't seem to establish the run they can't seem to to give themselves enough time to throw the ball, it's like the offensive line has never seen a 3-4 alignment in their life, and none of them know what their assignments are. So my fear is is the pressure getting to Fitz and forcing him into making mistakes because they haven't been able to counter a 3-4 alignment successfully and consistently during Dirk's tenure. So that's that's one of my big concerns. And, of course, yeah, you you have the linebackers there that that can make plays. You have Preston Smith and, and Mason Foster is another guy who Bucks fans are very familiar with, a former player sure. for the Bucks. Yeah, you know, it broke our hearts to see him leave because not only is he a good player, but he's a great guy. I, I absolutely love yeah. Mason. And Foster. he's been a great. He's been a. I don't mean to jump in. He's oh, been no. a great fit up here uh, with the Redskins. I mean, you know, he can be exposed from time to time in the passing game, as he was against Kevin Coleman in the right flat last week. But Mason Foster has gotten better in that area, and there's not many guys that basically in the box area that can tackle and can blow up plays right around the line of scrimmage like Mason Foster. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I look at that. And then I also worry about, again, the Bucks defense. If they're letting Adrian Peterson get going early and they start to bleed those points like they have before, mm-hmm. and now the offense has to play catch up, it's going to force them into more mistakes, especially against a 3-4 alignment. So that's what I'm looking for out of out of the Redskins. I'm looking for a heavy early dose of Adrian Peterson. Just feed him and feed him and feed him because he's going to break through. It will happen at some point. Even if they're committed to stopping the run, they're, they have an eight-man box, whatever you want to throw at Adrian Peterson. At some point, he will break free against this defense. And if they're able to start putting up points quickly – and, and Fitzpatrick has to try to come back. I worry that they don't have the answer for the pressure that the linebackers and, and those front three for Washington can bring. And it could be another another long day for Buccaneers fans. And one of the other things that I want to mention real quick before we get to our um, before we get to our predictions because we're we're up against the clock now is it amazes me and maybe you can can shed a little insight on this. It amazes me how much better Vernon Davis has looked this season mm-hmm. than Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed yeah. was one of those guys, you know, especially for for those of us that participate in fantasy football. There was a thing going around that it was called Rule eighty six, and Rule eighty six was if Jordan Reed was healthy, you started him. Like if he was in you the started. lineup, you started him because he was that good. And it seems like right. he's just fallen off completely. What's been going on with him? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of things. Number one, I don't think Jordan Reed was fully healthy until about two or three weeks ago, and I finally started seeing that sick crossover move that he uses when you roll down a safety on the line of scrimmage or a linebacker and you try and take him in man coverage. I started seeing that a couple of weeks ago, and consequently enrolled into that, he had 12 targets, seven catches in a win over the Giants two weeks ago. Then last week, second half he was banged up uh he had a little back issue a little neck issue i guess they were saying and then may have pulled his hamstring a little bit or tweaked his hamstring late in the game now jay gruden said earlier this week you know james that he's fine but that doesn't mean that he's fine as in a hundred percent that means fine as in like not significant significant so I don't know what to expect out of Jordan Reed this week because he was again just finally starting to come back and he's been injury-prone throughout his career. I'm going to have to wait and see on that. Then on top of that, real quickly, you've had issues of communication for whatever reason with, with, with Alex Smith. They've just been off. I mean, Alex Smith is thrown behind him. Jordan Reed dropped a couple. Um, they just haven't – they had one interception, oddly enough, picked off by HaHa Clinton Dix when he was with the Packers, where Jordan Reed sat down – and Alex Smith threw to the side. You know, it's just been a weird mix because Jordan Reed did not play at all in the preseason. He didn't practice at all in OTAs. And, again, Alex Smith is new here, and that's been another problem. Alex Smith hasn't been very accurate, so that's been a problem. But you're right. Vernon Davis has been a very nice weapon uh, for the Redskins. Everybody gave him up for dead when he came from San Francisco to Denver. He's been nothing but more than reliable, more than what the Redskins could have expected over the last couple of years. All right. Well, Chris, before we get out of here, we got to, we got to hear your score prediction. How do you think things are going to go down on Sunday? Yeah. So I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win this game. Um, I just think there's too many weapons on their side of the football offensively to match what the Redskins are going to be able to throw in the secondary. Um, 
Look, I, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick and Fitzmagic could turn to Fitztragic in a hurry. I get that. I understand that. I'm not, you know, I'm not ignorant to that. And so anything can happen in this game. Um, and certainly if that happens, look out because Swearinger's got four interceptions. And, you know, again, I mentioned the addition of Clinton Dix and, um, and so on and so forth. But to me, it's just too many weapons for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on offense. And I don't feel good about the Redskins offense, their ability to run the football or to be able to expose in a passing game enough because of Alex Smith's inadequacies this year, quite honestly, in every game and losing Paul Richardson. Oh, and by the way, Trent Williams, their Pro Bowl left tackle, not going to play. Then they lost Brandon Share for the year, and they lost their starting left guard, and their starting right tackle is also banged up. So to me, I just don't see how the Redskins are good enough on offense to keep up with what I expect out of the Tampa Bay offense. I'm going to say Tampa Bay 27, Redskins 17. Okay. Yeah, uh, on on the flip side of that, I I do believe the Bucks are going to get a win this weekend, <clears throat> but I certainly don't expect it to be easy. I do think that Adrian Peterson is going to get his. He's going to have a great day. And I think Alex Smith gets going early, and I think it's one of those games where the Bucks are going to have to climb back uh, yet again. But in the end, I do believe you're right, and there just are going to be too many weapons for Ryan Fitzpatrick to be able to utilize and take advantage of the of the Redskins' defense as long as they can somehow figure out how to counter a 3-4 alignment. And one guy that we didn't mention um, that I have to throw out here real quick is – Jason Pierre-Paul has more Mm -hmm. sacks against the Redskins than he has against any other team in his career. So something about that, that maroon gets him fired up. So I expect him to have a big day. But in the end, I look for this to be another high-scoring affair. The Bucs games usually are. So hammer the over with our friends at MyBookie. I'm taking the Bucs 34-30 to over the Redskins. Wow, okay, wow. You are really going over. Uh, and the, for the Redskins to th- score 30 points, I, I think, honestly, even if they lost this game, I, I think there would be some people around here that go, wow, okay. If, I didn't expect 30 points even against the defense that's been leaking so much oil like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have. So that hey, would be interesting. If they can make Mitch Trubisky look like a, an all-pro, then <laughs> anything is possible. So – Chris, buddy, I want to thank you so much for joining me tonight. Had a lot of fun. And for those of you listening, of course, you can find Chris on Twitter, which I think I forgot to mention your Twitter handle in the very beginning. I apologize about that. But you can find Chris on Twitter at Russellmania621. That's R-U-S-S-E-L-L-M-A-N-I-A, number six, number two, number one. And, of course, the work that he's doing with Warpath Magazine and 1067, The Fan. You can check out everything that I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks and at JayYarko underscore Bucks. Chris, again, thank you so much, and thank you all for listening right here on Crossover Wednesdays on the Locked On Podcast Network.